On this episode of the podcast, I sell my soul to those bastards at AT&T for high-speed fiber. Jared promotes the health benefits of organic train milk. We open our metaphoric kimonos to reveal our engorged political opinions. I'm Jared Nichols. I'm Paul Tulin. And this is the best pandemic ever. Paul, as always, such an honor and a delight to spend hey, this I got kind a, of quality I got a Hey, I wasn't done with my price. What do you want? Uh, let's, let's okay, move on. okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I got a question. What's the opposite of sponsorship? So in other words, if there's a product that we really love and we're like really into and so we promote it on the show, what's the opposite of that? Like if I really want to burn a product to the ground, what would we characterize that as? Is it a thing? It doesn't really have a thing, does it? Mm, no, you know, if, you might be right. Uh, man. Because because this episode needs to be anti-brought to you by AT&T. Because AT&T can go burn in hell. Yeah. They are like the worst. <laughs> like they are such a monolith. <laughs> that they are completely happy to let the low-hanging fruit just get crushed under the wheels of their capital progress. They suck. Ugh. Dude, Christine, so Christine can't go with me to this thing tonight because she's out in Wilmington. Because, you know, we bought, we bought a little house in Wilmington. Right? We are not people of means. I am but a humble government employee. But through luck and planning and timing and some discipline, we've able to, we, we were able to kind of to kind of get this dream of having a little beach house in Wilmington. A little yeah. brick ranch, modest, three little three-bedroom, 1,300 square feet. Um, our little slice of heaven out there, right? So we've been going back and forth. And when you and I were up in – when you and I were up doing our thing in Virginia, mm -hmm. she was in Wilmington trying to get the internet hooked up. They never showed. Not they didn't call – they just didn't show. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, there'll be some follow-up. Sorry about missed appointment. Let's because they want my business, right? N dude, nothing. I mean, complete radio silence. So, so finally I, I went out. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so I went back and I was like, "Hey, um, you know, I need to reschedule my appointment. They never showed up." And so they just kind of just kind of blithely rescheduled my appointment. So she's there today, and I called and I said, "Hey, listen, I want to make sure this guy's on his way. I went to use your track, the technician app, and that's garbage. It's not working. <laughs> so who knows where this guy is, right? But we're supposed to be the first appointment. So I was like, you know, I want to make sure he's on his way because this is what happened last time. And so they confirmed that he's on his way. And literally while I'm talking to them, Christine texts me and says, hey, the guy just called. They'll be here in 25 minutes. So I said to the guy, I said, I said what I said to you. I said, you know, I know you guys don't care. You're a monolith crushing the little guy under you, whatever, right? I said, but what are you guys going to do? I mean, you made – I wasted a whole day. I said, I wasted a whole day, you know, waiting on you guys. So they gave me $25 credit. <laughs> like, really, man? Like, what do you want to talk about the ultimate adding insult to injury? It's like, don't do anything, boys. Yeah, so – if you're listening to this and you're considering your options, put those sons of bitches on the bottom of the list. Can I? So first of all, I'm going to say what I'm pretty sure 99% of anybody listening to this is thinking, and that is, why did you think AT&T was a good way to go? I mean, as you're telling me this, I'm thinking, man, I've known for you know 15 you know years why. they are a shit company that does not care. No, They're I don't. The worst, but you know why? Because they have fiber out there, and I have to have the fiber. I gotta have it. I gotta yeah. have it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just 
but it just a, a rube to the latest and greatest product. I mean, what are you streaming or uploading that needs that much speed? I mean, that's none of your business. You don't need to be concerned with that. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't need to be concerned with that, and you don't need to look at my. Well, history. it explains a lot about the humble mean statement that you made <laughs> yes. in the front end here. This is uh, like yeah, insurance so, for yeah. later You're discoveries. Right. I knew. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew 100%. I used to be an AT&T customer. I dropped them like, oh yeah, I man, could drop they them fast the worst, enough. Worst, Super worst. happy with T-Mobile. You know, I like yeah. those. It's a great company. They give me a great deal. Um, I get free Netflix from You get guys. a consistent yeah, bill with T-Mobile, which is nice. Yeah, we had to totally. fight our AT&T bill every single month when, you know, this is 15 years ago and we had them. For, yeah, because they were like the business, the best business line apparently. Yeah, man, they're they're awful. No, and it's funny because you know how many times were they were they broken apart with antitrust laws and you know monopoly? They they it's changed nothing. They're yeah. still you know what I mean. I mean they don't have a corner on the market, but they have such a huge stranglehold on most of it that they can afford to be like, who are you? Uh, here's twenty five dollars. Just leave us yeah, alone. Yeah, here's twenty five bucks, bro. There you go. Uh-huh. But yeah. you know what? I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take it. So anyway, oh, so, man. so we got to come up with a, with an anti-sponsorship strategy, I believe. Yeah. That's probably There's probably already a – yeah. I mean, yeah. you're really just hating on the company, throwing shade. That's another way of saying it. Yeah, just throwing shade. Yeah, yeah, throwing shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was so big news, I guess. Obviously, the big news. Yeah, this is the election episode or the pending. <laughs> No, 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 no. What? No. What election? No. We got a cat. What are you talking about? Oh. The big news is we got a cat. Oh, that's right. That's right. See, I thought we already yeah. covered that, but uh, no, go ahead. No, no, no. Grace, Gracie the cat, man. Yeah. Yeah. I Wait, mean, Gracie? The, it, yeah, is a little it... Gracie. She's actually pretty awesome. I'm not much of a cat person, um, but you know, after after Ruby passed, mm-hmm. our, our, our exceptional dog who just passed unexpectedly in the night, and it, almost to the year after Newman, the cat, passed, and both those animals were Christine's left and right shadow, mm. her back and front shadow. You know what I mean? Like, those animals were, they were a one-unit orbit around this house. Like, those animals were never, ever, ever far, not not more than an arm's length from her. They just followed her everywhere, you know? So she was devastated when we lost Newman. She was devastated when we lost Ruby. And I didn't think we were going to do anything. And, oh, man, I think I was on the road or something, and she started texting me. Started texting me pictures of cats. I was like, oh. Man. Yeah. I was there but, when you had to go pick them up. And it was, uh, you were telling me about, it was like, it was it was more, they wanted more background information than if you were adopting a child. Or you you walked, what is it you said? You, you walked out of the hospital with your two human boys with less paperwork needing to be filled out than with this one ridiculous. cat. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it was easier to take my kids home from the hospital. Yeah. It's like they wanted to know, you know, who was in the house well, we were our job. We had to go as a family to yeah. go like interview to pick up this stray cat. Yeah, we're not talking about like some fanciful bread, like purebred, you know, championship line cat. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a show cat. Yes. This wasn't yes. a show cat. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? The, the joke was when we got there, it was all bullshit. They were, yeah. It was like, they were like, oh, running a two-for-one deal if you pay me. <laughs> really? Really? That's the, the, really? I was like, that's the your strict standard for adoption? And yeah. you're like throwing these cats at me once as soon as I get here? That's terrible. She's good. She's cool, though. But yes, on to, on to yeah, we, we have now, we have now passed an election. Yeah. And it, somewhere, it's all the buzz. But I got to be honest with you, man. You know, we were, so Jared and I, 
Jared helped me out with the nonprofit event that I run, and the week prior to that was the election. And I swear, I I, I just didn't I just didn't even pay attention. I checked it just to see where it was at. Yeah. Figured out I had more or less confirmed where it was going, and then I never thought about it again. And I haven't really been tracking too much of it. Have you? Uh, I mean, not that much because a lot of like the drama is it's it's bullshit. It's just total bullshit, and that's been yeah. proven over and over and over again by the actual courts. Uh, we knew this was the the stuff that was going to happen long before the election, um, and I think you know it's just. I think people are just finally going like, yeah, you know, we've got Trump fatigue and all this insanity. Um, let's just move on. You know, we've got bigger things to deal with. Yeah, well, and, uh, I mean, it's going to I mean, we're going to move on. I mean, it's it's yeah. funny to me. What I find remarkable is that. As time goes on in society, it seems like our memory just gets shorter and shorter and shorter. You know, nobody remembers hanging chads. And what a debacle and a, and a, and a scandal you that was, that. right? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody remembers, you know, how the world was going to come apart if Obama got elected because he was going to basically railroad the country into socialism or right. whatever. <laughs> I mean, like everybody forgets that it's always the same anticipation of calamity mm-hmm. and then it's done. Yeah. Yeah. So why would this be any different? Right. Right. You know, well, it's it's good. Again, it goes back to the to one of the core tenets of the show we talk about a lot, and that is that there is no left or right media. There's only corporate media, and so there's also a lot of hey, we need to milk this insanity train because you know milking trains <laughs> makes a lot. Of, I'm just realizing <laughs> that analogy because we gotta milk mm, this train. Delicious yeah. train milk. We need mm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's organically. Uh, raised, grass-fed, humanely raised, train milk. So you're going to milk this train for as much as you can before it goes into a boring Biden administration where there won't be any real drama. You know, I mean, all these networks are losing their greatest ratings tool of all time. It's got to be a little hard for them, you know. It's going to probably be some sadness after the holidays. I guess. I, guess. I, first. I, think, I think one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was, uh, and apologize to the the listening audience not have any guests because this is always painful i'm sure for them oh, yeah. um just and us me. you know yeah. <laughs> pontificating and no, bloviating um yeah. was you know i heard i've heard several people that i know commiserate about the fact that x amount of people voted for biden so my friends who are trump supporters um you know one of the things they're like oh i can't believe 68 million people would you know would vote for somebody who who believes in x y and z and i'm like and I, I don't understand why you think every uh, everybody else is less rational than you. You know, whatever <laughs> your reasons were, you know what I mean? Like, whatever your reasons were for voting, they were, you know, you rationalized them to the degree that you could for yourself. Yeah. Why do you think everybody else didn't do that as well? Why do you, you know, okay, look, I'm going to, 60, I don't know what the end count was, but let's just say it was around 68 million votes, right? So probably... There's probably 69,998,000 that are, you know, pretty level. It's probably about 2,000 nuts, yeah. complete wing nuts in there that, you know, right. whatever it is. But I don't understand why people make that leap to assuming that everybody else who voted opposite that they did must be irrational. Of course they're not. They're, they're just as rational as you are. Like, why do you think that that shoe fits differently 
on their feet. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the thing. I'm just like, but, but there, but so, so then what you're, what? So I was talking to this guy, and he was saying that kind of thing, and I was like, well, then what would you say to them when they say, well, I can't believe 67 million people, you know, believe in racism and misogyny and you know and uh, whatever else they they lump yeah. on Trump. It, you know, it's like, no. Did you do you think that would be fair if they made that characterization about you? And he's like, well, well, no. I was like, okay, well, then why would you make it about them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't get it. I don't yeah, get it. yeah, exactly. Well, it, this is the uh, the reason why we have to have more critical thinking. You know, I mean, what you just said was a very rational thing. It's look, we all we all view the world through different lenses, but usually these these accusations of irrationality are not based on real evidence. They're based on the narratives that are being pumped through their newsfeed, right? So yeah. if you're on the right, then you believe that uh, Joe Biden is a secret communist who's going to appoint Antifa to his cabinet, you know, and, you know, who knows whatever else, you know, goes into that, right? See, that's your idea. And he's completely opposite of that. I mean, he's the most boring corporate. There's nothing radical about Joe Biden. Yeah, uh, if great you, politics. big time 14 I mean you really yeah like it's gonna be it's gonna probably be more of a return to like the Bush era uh, if it's Trump you know if you're voting against Trump or voting you know if you're voting for Biden and you're and you're believing things about Trump voters then you're believing every because like, I'll still hear people say this like every Trump voter you know they're voting for racism I'm like no they're not no they're not right you know I'm just like geez guys I mean we have overblown I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Trump is a is a blowhard, big time. I just think he's an asshole. He really is. Like there is, yeah. yep. you know. But does that mean that everything that he has done in office is terrible? No. There's a lot of stuff he's done. I actually think is really good. Uh, so this gets down to it to say, are you just buying into somebody else's ideas, i.e., the mainstream media? the not so mainstream media, you know, left and right corporate media, whatever. are you buying into what's just being fed to you? Or are you actually taking the time to go, hmm, you know, when I actually talk to people, I have yet to meet anybody who is that radically uh, irrational, if you will. Because I, I, I don't, I don't have those conversations. Now, the media highlights those people because that gets ratings. And so you may automatically assume, well, okay, yeah. then everybody must be like this. No, they're not. We talked about this with Jamie Mustard in Portland. You see what's going on in Portland. Well, that is really contained. That shit would never fly in Fayetteville or Charlotte or a lot of these other places, but it flies in Portland because Portland has created an environment to allow that to happen. So, yeah. So I think I think we should, for once, use the best pandemic ever podcast platform for good because we generally don't. Right. Well, um, we have a big responsibility being such famous and important people. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a groundswell. Yeah. It's a movement. Really, it really is a movement. Point. Yeah, it's, it's a movement more than it is a show. Yeah, and that's why you put stickers uh, did I, everywhere. Did I tell you I saw a sticker on the back of, on the back of uh, a computer at work? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I gave that guy that sticker. I saw it and I was like, oh man, that's 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 the best pandemic ever podcast sticker. And did I was you like actually say across. that out loud though, or did you just? No. Oh, why not? You didn't want to have you, you didn't want to you didn't want him to be starstruck. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah, at? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So I get it. So. Uh, so I, I think, I think we should, you know, we should use the platform and kind of, we should metaphorically open our kimonos, if yes. you will, to give the people some, some faith and some hope because you voted for Biden. 
I voted for Trump. We, as a result, had no loss of respect for one another. We That's had, a low bar to clear, but yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to I was going to say, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's pretty one way. I mean, you it's mostly your respect for me. It's mostly how much you care about me. I realize you admire me. I'm putting that in air quotes, but I, and I get it. It's you know, it's yeah. I understand it. I understand yeah. it. Yeah. But 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 no, seriously. So but right. So here we are two people and we both understand each other's reasons for why they voted the way that they voted. Right. Yeah. And it was like, oh, no, I, I get it. I totally understand why Jared yeah. voted that way. And you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. I understand why. Paul. And that, but I think that's how it is for most people. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? I think I and I, I think that it it ought to matter. Like and I don't think. This is a revolutionary idea that people need to um, need to have pointed out to them or, or need to be driven to. They just need to stop and think about all the people that they care about. Right. And think about how they voted. Like, I know so many people that I care about who I am certain voted for Biden. I'm one of them, okay. right? Yeah. 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 See? All right, you, folks, there right. it is. <clears throat> yeah, he cares about us. No, I would also say that most people, like you and me, voted for either candidate with about the same level of passion as you just had explaining, you know, our our voting preferences. And I think that's an important thing to point out is that I didn't go into that voting booth thinking, man, I'm all pumped up about the vision for this country that Biden has. Number one, he's never presented one. (laughs) This was this was, you know. This was pretty much a we are voting. We are voting against the other person. Um, so I guess in that sense, there are those who are really passionate about that. But yeah, I, I know plenty of people that voted for Trump. Um, and do I think less of them? No, because they're still people, right? Uh, yeah, but with reasonable reasons, yeah, with rational reasons. So let me, so let me just explain. So just let me explain my rationale because I think a lot of people are hesitant to explain their rationale. It's almost mm-hmm. like they're embarrassed to stand up for the for the the choice they made because they know it was a shit choice, big time. But okay, when you make it, you still have to be able to at least rationalize it to yourself. And here's how I rationalize it. And yeah. I've told you this before. I voted for Trump, not for anything that he ever did. I voted for him for the one thing he didn't do. He didn't get us entangled in another conflict in that's name of correct. Place. Man, right? and, and that's a big me, deal. Well, it is for me because yeah. I am a career soldier. I've been yeah. a Green Beret for just shy of a quarter of a century. That one thing was enough. That was and for me to put aside all the other stuff. And so I and a lot of people I think if they didn't say it out loud would think it. They'd be like, "Yeah, but you know, you know, a vote for him was a vote against, you know, name a thing, LGBTQT, you know, and so and so in a, in a manner of speaking, like I've I've by me voting for him, I'm harming people that I know that are let's just use let's just use gay as an example. Right. Yep. But again, I have a rationale for that. Right. Because I don't believe and it all comes back to I, I don't believe that. The president, whoever he is, has a significant enough impact on people's lives that I would be able to say, well, look, here's my rationale. I'm going to vote for him because, you know, he he didn't get us entangled in another war. Yeah. And I'm, but I'm just going to but I'm just going to I'm just going to forget about the possibility that, you know, he's going to have some kind of emotional or psychological or physical impact on people I care about. Because right. I have, you know, I have. 
I have relatives and I have friends who are gay. I'm just using yeah, I'm so just do using I. the LGBTQ as an as an yeah, example yeah, of, yeah. of one of the things. Well, that they, what you're doing is you're pointing out say, yeah that there's this there's almost a list on both sides of, of the aisle, if you will, or both sides of the spectrum that says, well, if you vote for this person, you're voting against all of these things or all of these people. If you vote for this person, right. you're voting against or for all of these things over here, and that's just an oversimplification. It's it, it's it's not. Uh, um, it's it's intellectually lazy, you know. I understand, you know, where folks are coming from on that, but I do think that it's an oversimplification, and that's and that's a problem. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So so my point in all that is it's it's and it's and it's not a it's it's a cogent thought, but it's not articulated very well. Don't worry, I'm going to come that, behind you and clean it up. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fine. Yeah, please do. <laughs> is that what I think? People aren't taking the time to because they know this already. But they're not taking the time to allow themselves to think about it and just think about someone who, you know, that voted opposite you did. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, My sister most certainly voted for Biden. I love and respect my sister. I wouldn't, you know, cast her aside. I don't think that, you know, I don't think that the vote she cast has somehow set me and my life and my family's life back. You know, like you have all this information at your disposal. I think the problem is, is that, you know, it goes back to things we've talked about many times before, which is there's a lot of noise getting in the way of oh, you yeah. being able to stop yeah. and think about that reality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think you make a really important point, Paul, and that is that whoever the president is, we have to really step back and say, how much impact do they really have on our life when it comes down to policy decisions? Now, again, for the sake of full transparency, you and I are we point out the fact that what we see, we are limited by our own experiences, like everybody is. So there are people who have been directly affected by the president's policies. I fully recognize that. Um, mm-hmm. But in general, you know, we've been seeing this you know, election cycle after election cycle, promises made, never really kept. You know, lots of bluster. It's all for, hey, now I'm elected. Now we have to get pragmatic. So you're idealistic on the campaign trail, pragmatic when you're actually on the legislative floor. We all understand that. That That's why most people hate politicians, right? But I think the, the important part here is to recognize real long-term impact is minimal, but it's the short-term uh, cortisol, stress-inducing media bites on both sides of the spectrum that do have an impact on your life. And the good news in that is that you have a choice to allow that to come into your life or to just turn that shit off. So when people say, oh, you know, the president has caused so much stress and anxiety in this country. Yeah, if you're listening, if you're watching, if you've got MSNBC on all day long, you're going to think this country, you know, is being run. With, I mean, let's face it. You know my opinions on Trump. I think he's, he's batshit. But if you're listening to oh, them, yeah. you're going to think like this guy is a Russian spy. He is, I mean, you, whatever thing that you've got on here, he's doing this. This is what's going to happen because he tweeted something. Trump, if anything, is a master of throwing chum in the water because he knows the media is going to eat it up. But when you come mm-hmm. down to actually looking at, well, here's what he's saying. But here's what the policies that his administration are passing. You know, they're usually not, the one does not correlate to the other. So the point is that you have control over how much information you let come in. And I think this is really important uh, because that's where the more immediate impact can happen. Um, we see information has a real life impact on our on our well being. 
Um, but the good news is nobody's force feeding that to us. We have to make that choice. But I think what you've said over and over again is correct. How much difference is it really going to make? I remember you and my wife having that conversation. Um, I reluctantly voted for Biden. I was never tempted, well, not really ever tempted to vote for Trump. But I mean, I, I was like, all right, yeah, fine. You know, just to kind of try to end some of this madness, knowing what you know, which is very little will change. But let's yeah, get this clown and, out of the White House. Yeah. And, 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 and if asked, you know, if someone, if I was, you know, if I, I mean, I have, but if I acknowledge that, you know, I voted for Trump and I explain my reasons and someone was like, yeah, but, you know, he's a complete lunatic and, and he's bombastic and, 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 and cruel. And, and I would say, yeah, you're right. I can't argue with that. You're right. I, I'm not losing any sleep over the fact that the guy lost. Yeah. Oh, at all. I'm, I'm totally OK with it because I, I know you're, exactly what you're describing is right. Look, I think I don't know if we've said this before or not. But I've lived through 10 administrations. I was born in the Johnson administration, yeah, right? Yeah, you're old. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right behind me there. Yeah, yeah. Chicken. That's right. So, and I can tell you, if I take a timeline of my life and I map it out, and, you know, all the things that have mattered in my life, all the milestones, whatever they are, you know what I mean? If they're as shallow as the first time I bought a car or bought a house, or if they're as deep as when I got married and had children, all of those milestones, whatever they may be, if I map them out on a graph and then I templated all of those administrations over that, mm -hmm. there's no correlation. It's not like, oh, you know, I remember the salad days of the Bush administration. Yeah, I'm 52 years old. It's not like I haven't been around for more than a three-day weekend. Hmm. I could easily reflect on periods of administrations that actually had an impact on me if they did, but they never do. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's the other thing, too, is I don't understand how someone can come to convince themselves that any politician is anything more than a politician, because politicians at the end of the day talk a big game about ideology. Mm -hmm. They could talk a big game all day long about ideology. But at the end of the day, they are responsive to their constituents, period, end of discussion. Mm -hmm. And. Most of what they need to do is make sure that their constituents are doing okay. Right. Whatever that means. Usually it's, you know, economically, but could be socially. But but I'm telling you, when you get right, it's like you said, it, it, it comes down to, you know, they talk a big game and then you get in there and it's got, and then pragmatism has to come in. Yeah. Because that's how you govern. And the idea that, look, I, I, I again, I'm, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden, but yeah, I'm not, either. it's not. It's not because I don't think he's anti-American. Right. The guy's <laughs> kid served in the United States Army. Give yeah. me a break. Yeah. You know what I mean? How many – I'll give the guy that. How many politicians have that skin in the game? Almost mm -hmm. none. Almost yeah. none. Yeah. So how can you stand there and say, oh, well, he's, you know, he's anti-American. He's, he's, you know, a, a socialist. It's like it just – it's not – it's you're not thinking rationally about it. Just step back and kind of – Give it just even a little bit of thought in your own personal experience. And well, you'll see. worse than that, it's not about not thinking rationally about it. You're you're just you're being lazy. You're just buying somebody else's bullshit. It goes on both sides, right? If you're watching, uh, you know, and I'll just use MSNBC because it's the biggest, most popular MSNBC. You're buying their bullshit if you buy into every single thing that they're saying. If you're watching Fox News, or which apparently though is on the outs with Trump, you know, <laughs> it's a oh, or, are they? Or, I haven't been watching. What's oh yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what's what are they? What well, I, apparently even Tucker Carlson came out and yeah, I don't know if you saw that press press conference uh, no, uh -uh. of uh, Giuliani and 
gosh, who was the she defended Michael Flynn. Um, I saw I saw literally like a five second clip of Giuliani like out of the corner of my eye, and I'm like, that guy's in, has he's insane. Oh, he he's is. an insane person. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. So this was this was kind of a batshit press conference. You got to go back and watch this. Oh, but even right. Tucker Carlson got up and he's like, oh, we've had, oh Palmer, that's her name, Palmer. Um, she basically came out and was and started to say that there were tens of millions of votes that were changed through this through this voting system called Dominion. And they were t- trying to like craft this crazy conspiracy, like, oh, it's all tied to the central area that's controlled by George Soros and, the, you know, Maduro in Venezuela. And it's just like they're literally going, there's no evidence of any of this stuff. And this was supposed to be their big bombshell, but they didn't present any evidence. So Tucker Carlson, he was like, hey, because I watched this clip on Rising. I, you know, I don't know if you watch Rising. So that is one place I enjoy getting my news from. Um, and they were... Uh, and they were playing this, and he was—he basically said, "Look, we've asked, we've told her you can come on the show, and we will sit here and carefully listen to all the evidence that you can present about voter fraud." But she has constantly refused to do that. She hasn't shown any evidence of voter fraud or of this mass database or mass digital uh, vote switching conspiracy. She hasn't done any of that. She and instead, uh, yeah. So they're basically just calling out all the bullshit that's. You know, like, hey, look, if you've got evidence, show it, right? It's not, it's not bullshit you, just because Trump says it. It's you, bullshit if you don't have any evidence, and they don't have any. In the Supreme Courts, the courts are throwing all, this thing, all these things out. So, I don't know. Right. But, following, but following a process that is a, is a process allowed by law and following it poorly, but it's still a thing. Well, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You always have that. It's just there's nothing remarkable about I mean, it's, it's remarkable, and it's probably in its – application right it's pettiness and it's you know and it's lack of statescraft yeah but at the end of the day it's still you know it's still um it's still allowable it's still part of the process people don't really understand i i think like when an election is actually finalized and how that works right let me ask you this did you go in person to vote did you vote by oh in person okay in person yeah okay and you've been going to vote in person for i've never voted by mail Okay. All yeah. right. Now I know it's a typical thing in the military. My parents vote by mail uh, when no, they were no, active I've duty. Always, yeah, I've always in person? Okay. yeah, I've always Oh, that's right. You SF guys, you pretty much live in the same place. The rest of the military families, you know, we're, we're shuffled around, tossed to and fro every three, sure. three to six months. We'll, we'll get to your issues later. Thank you. We'll get to your that's issues good. later. I hope so. <laughs> okay. So, so you go to you go to vote in person, right? Yeah. You ever look around and see the people who volunteer? To enable the voting process. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. They're not conspiracy mongers. These are they're your... not they're they're little old folks who have volunteered their time because they because they got nothing else to do, but also because they're just just dedicated yeah. to just genuinely doing that. Like, who do you think? Yeah, like, seriously. Where, where is this place where there's all this chicanery going on? Right. Yeah. That's the thing I want to know. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, even when and right uh, when the director of Homeland Security, who's you know a Trump administration point, he came out and said, "This is the has been the most secure and safe election in U.S. history." It's like well, yeah. that's that's great, awesome. You know, that's why you're not finding any evidence of, of mass voter fraud. It's horseshit. And so, so, so where are they yeah. at right now? I I, oh, I, yeah. I seem to recall, I seem to recall that they're not being very cooperative with the transition plan. Oh yeah, no, they're not. Which is unconscionable. 
That's unconscionable. Yeah. You know well, I mean? but again, who's, this is what we're talking about is Donald Trump. I mean, to think yeah, and to expect yeah. anything else is just you're delusional, right? I mean, yeah. and that's the, and that oh, is one thing. I will say, I will say, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who works at the White House Communication Agency, um, and we, I was like, oh, what's you know, what's any, he, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, just getting ready to work for the next guy because that's how that stuff works. So right. Yeah. Where the yeah exactly where the real things that need to happen are happening. They're proceeding they're like they yeah. always do. Yeah. Because they're be, they're being executed by reasonable people right. who don't buy into any of that kind of stuff. And like they know they got to hand something over, and that's an inevitability. Yeah. And so again, most of that is just noise for the sake of noise, and probably noise for the sake of attention, and a you know a long term plan to keep the lot be stay in the limelight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was like Pompeo's poorly timed joke on you know we're ready for a second Trump administration. Like clearly he was joking. He's a he's not a funny guy. But he yeah. was making he was trying to just like, OK, you know, man, try to make light of the situation and make a joke. And it didn't land right. But boy, CNN and everybody else just ate up like, oh, God, see, it's a proof. It's going to be a coup. And it's like, oh, geez, guys, just, oh, just shut up. But so here's, yeah, well, here's the thing I want to get back to. Right. Um, the normalizing of Donald. It's so funny to watch. Right. You have to see like, well, look, you know, on a technicality, Donald Trump is absolutely allowed to do. And he is. It is by law. He has the right to challenge the vote, uh, ask for a recount. Nobody's disputing that, definitely. Right. But I would have to, to remind people that if you think he's doing this because he wants to make sure that we protect the integrity of, you know, of the Constitution and of our, uh, of our institutions uh, and democracy, you're out of your fucking mind. This is about him. No, this is all yeah, about him. Think, I, yeah. No, no, I but that's but that's part of this. Like, oh, you're right, you're right. that's that's the whole push, right? right? And which also helps to feed the narrative that Biden is un-American. But so I have to step back and say, what makes you think that Trump gives two fucks about America? I don't think yeah. he hates it. I just think he loves himself. And I'm like, hey, but that's that's who the guy is, which is why I couldn't vote for him, right? I mean, yeah. oh yeah, that's yeah. all. That's all it comes down to. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and I agree. I, yeah. I, I, I find it. I would find it disappointing if anybody thought that the motivation for whatever process they're following right now is democratic or altruistic or in the interest of, you know, a fair election. Oh no, I mean, no, but that's the this, narrative that they are spinning out there. I mean, everybody knows. Maybe, but I, I guarantee no, no, no. you. If Watch we the ask, press conference, we, like the one that we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the whole. But if we line. asked again, if we asked our friends and colleagues who voted for Trump, they probably would be like, eh, yeah, no, I, I know it's kind of like, I don't think that they would, that they would buy into that narrative. I think that narrative is just, is generated. Well, don't you, um, that one's not so off the wall, crazy in the minds. I think of, of a, like a Trump voter, right? I mean, uh, because the reason why is because so much distrust has been sown to the system and that's not just from Trump. I mean, this is really the culmination of several decades. This has been going on for a long time. Uh, I mean, the deeply held beliefs about either party from either side have just gotten worse. They were terrible in the Obama administration, a lot of which was because of everything you were talking about before, is that, oh, man, if Obama gets elected, you know, that narrative was a he's going to drive us towards socialism. It's going to be the end of America. He's going to be the worst president ever. <laughs> and it's just none of that none of that stuff happened, right? And so you carry that into this next administration, which is arguably why um, I think a lot of people were shocked when Donald Trump was the nominee in 2016, because, you know, 
and then even more shocked when he won the presidency. I think the most shocked person that night of the election was Donald Trump. Uh, when you listen to his friends, no, seriously, when you listen to his friends, they said he didn't actually want to win. He didn't think he was going to win. He was doing this to start his media. I was like, well, I could see that. So uh, this has been, there's so, such deeply held beliefs that are not even, and when I say, well, no, let's, let me change that up. They're deeply held suspicions about the other side. That's the issue. It's not deeply held beliefs because I think you're right. You know, when rationale comes into it and you say, uh, well, do I really think that Joe Biden is un-American or hates America? Well, of course not. But do I trust Joe Biden? Well, of course not. You see, now you have a dilemma, which is, well, is it possible that there was uh, widespread voter fraud? Well, I think it's highly unlikely and there doesn't seem to be any evidence, but it's possible. Why? Because uh, I don't trust the system, right? So you see this line of logic that starts getting stacked year over year over year, and then you have your news feed reinforcing these ideas, then it's so easy to come out and say, yeah, this election was stolen. And Donald Trump coming out and saying, yeah, this election is going to be stolen. And it goes both ways on both sides of the aisle. Over, like Just like Donald Trump was in collusion with Russia. Well, they did a deep investigation of all that stuff. And no, he wasn't. And they're still trying to push that he was. It's like, guys, you were literally beating a dead horse. And, you were tr- and people still don't know that all of that stuff was disproven. So... That's my point, is that I it's think, a deep distrust I think in the one systems. Of the, I, I think one of the problems with that is that everything you just said presupposes that people give a shit. And I, don't, I really don't think they care all that much. You know what I mean? Like, I think that at the end of it, like, just like most people are just like you and I. We're like, eh, okay. It's, it's, it's just, it's not how they live. It's not the thing that, how they live their lives. It doesn't, it doesn't drive how they live their day-to-day existence. You know, yeah. I think that's, you know, I think it's all, I think it's all in the information ecosystem. That's where it lives. Right. And people, you know, and people will, you know, will, will turn towards it, will echo it, might pay attention to it a little, but I don't think it's actually what they believe, you know? And I think what you'll find it is in January, Joe Biden will take office and then it'll be like, eh. yeah, no, and I think you're right. Because it is, it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be. It's just business as usual. No, I, I mean, do. I, there's I think, a great. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think. I think. Yeah, hold that thought. I think that. Um, I think that people. Uh, I think care might be. The, you know, you say that they're like you and me. That we don't care all that much. I think we do care, right? Do I think that we care so much like we have a side we need to fight for? No, I think it's just total distrust on all sides. Even the party you're with. I mean, your hardcore extreme Democrats, extreme Republicans. Sure, they're going to be, but those are. You know, I don't know any of those, um, but it does it does impact us uh, in the way that we view each other. Because people, I, I think it'd be crazy to think that people don't care. This was the largest turnout in election history in the United States. They do care. So, um, so yeah, I just push back on that. They do care. Now, do they care for the right reasons? Probably not. Probably not. The media is masterful at making you think the world's going to hell in a handbasket, so you better get out and vote against the other guy. Uh, but I think they do care. I think that's evidenced by the way people turned out. But it wasn't for anything inspiring. That's the problem. There was yeah, no, no inspiring. Like people did not show up because, like, man, Joe Biden has really laid the path forward. No, he hasn't. He stayed in his basement. If COVID hadn't happened, this would be we'd be getting ready for a second Trump term. I have no doubt about that. But COVID happened, and Trump's a fuck up, and he dropped the ball, and it was just too easy. Uh, and here we are. Yeah. Now, yeah, like I said, I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm not gnashing my teeth. I'm not, you know, I had my reasons for the, for the way I voted. I rationalized, you know, the, the impact that it would have on people that I care about yeah. um, because I don't think it makes that much difference in their lives at the end of the day, you yeah. know, and they might disagree with me, but you know, um, but at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, Ben, let's, let's see what you got. Well, you know, you know what I mean? Let, what do you got? Well, <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I, I can, I can, I can understand that. I think part of that too is, is being in the military growing up in the army. I mean, you know, uh, I have a lot of, that's a, that's such a different community. Right, we're insulated. When I mm. was growing up there, it's an insulated community. I mean, because it, it really doesn't matter. Like you're, you're still getting paid. You're getting paid the same. Uh, you're going go to go to your job the next day. Like, uh, I mean, I just we never had to worry about stuff that we would see. I remember this because my dad. It was Peter Jennings. That was my dad would watch Peter Jennings every night, and so you'd watch the news, and you'd hear about all these things, good, bad, depending on what is being spun out there. But I, we really felt no direct connection to them. I mean, we lived on post. Housing was covered for us. If we lived off post, they paid, you know, for a housing stipend. We, we, all our basic needs were met on a regular basis. And I love growing up in the Army. Um, my dad and I talked about this recently, that uh, he looks at how we live, my wife and I and the kids, and the different things that we have to, to think about <clears throat> to manage health care costs, all this other types of stuff that's going on. It's just constantly things are changing up and down uh, and he said I, i'm so out of touch with what normal people have to go through because he retired after 26 years still gets his his pension everything all medical covered it's really it's a great thing if you're thinking of joining the army the army takes care of you when you get out on your financial things and things like that not to open up a can of worms in the va and, and just like you know the nightmare that that can be for a lot of uh, disabled vets but the point is is that i do think that um there's a bit of insulation in the military to where you you don't and shouldn't have to experience what other people on the outside are experiencing. It's a very different situation. So you think that might kind of, you know. So that's very interesting. And there was a time when someone presented that argument to me where I was like, wow, that's a really good point. I haven't had to worry about all those things. Right. And so maybe I'm you know, maybe I'm not as concerned about the president. And then I remembered something. And that's something is this. You know what you don't have to worry about as a private citizen? Get, Get shot. shot in the face. In no the shit. Exactly. Damn right. I mean, so, Damn right. So we all have, yeah, so we all have our, we all, ha there are all potential impacts yeah. that could be, you know, that could be, because I remember, I remember that, man. I remember that, 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 uh, Jesus Christ, it might even been Leanne who kind of said that to me. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a good point. I guess it's something oh, I, I am insulated from. She said then, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and then I was like, well, and then, you know, of course, later, it's like a George Costanza moment. I was in the car like an hour later, and I thought about oh, my report the, at that point. You know what I mean? Well, and, you yeah, know, me was, saying that was, is not to say, like, well, you, well, Paul, you have everything given to you. Because I grew up that way. I mean, I, my community, my family is the military. That was all I knew growing up, all the way through high school, moved around. I, I can walk on a military base anywhere and know exactly where everything is. Now, that's not because I've got some strange talent is because the military has a lack of creativity and they you pretty much know exactly where everything's going to be. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. Yeah. I, I, that, that is, <laughs> that is, you know, one thing speaking of that, that is concerning for me that I, I honestly had to wrestle with my mind was like voting for Biden, uh, you know, would probably ensure that we're going to stay in Afghanistan and Iraq where we don't fucking need to be. And I was like, yeah. I, I could see him because that's where he and the other Republicans in the Senate, 
they all agree in this idea of, of boosting the military-industrial complex. It's a huge moneymaker. They're in the pockets of big defense contractors. And, and guess what? And this has been my whole beef for years. As even being opposed to going into Iraq in 2003, people couldn't understand me being an army brat. Why I would oppose this? I said, because you're sending my family, my community, overseas for a bullshit cause. I said, you're sending them to die for something. You know, I just like, you know, that's, that was my opinion. And, you know, well, it's the right great opinion. Promise, I, think. I think. I think there's great promise in the fact that Chris Miller um, is now in the uh, the acting secretary of defense. He's a former SF guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. Straight up former Green Beret. Nice. Um, kind of a he's kind of like uh, like like Kramer and um, he's you know, kind of like a scattery, like not bombastic. That's not the right word for it. But, you know. Almost like a bottle rocket without fins kind of energy. You know what I mean? I like that. Yeah. Um, just sort of, yeah, just ISQ kind of. I, I heard them trying to paint him as a yes saying. man. And I'm like, is he? I don't think this guy's a yes man. Who, Miller? Yeah, that's the way the media was trying to paint him as a yes man. Like, oh, yeah, Trump's putting in his yes people and whatnot. I was like, this guy's a former Green Beret. I was like, they're not really all that compliant. You know, mm, <laughs> I yeah. seriously don't. So, <laughs> and, and so what he's saying is, hey, hey, man, it's time to come home. We're we it's time to stop having right. all these wars. Like that's his first. That's the first thing he put out. And I'm yeah. like, amen to that. And no that was doubt. one of the things, again, you know, when you when you when you're wondering about how could someone vote for Trump? I'm trying to tell you, I agree with so much of what was wrong with him. Yeah. Almost all of it, you know, yeah. Um but at the end of the day, my rationalization had to do with, you know, me and my family and what it might mean for us and the promise that, you know, that he had shown over the last year for getting out of these situations. I mean, don't don't forget, he was the one that said it was man, it was shocking. So I was in Syria when he got elected. Mm -hmm. And so obviously I was home, you know, several months or several years later when he said, hey, we're out, we're done. Yeah. And how aghast everybody was at that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like. It, it's it's unconscionable to me how d just completely depending on who's in charge and who's saying it, someone in political leadership will come out against it just for the sake of it. Because, you know, yeah. years ago, that same person was talking about what, you know, what a mistake it was to go in. And now they're talking about what a mistake it is to come out. I'm like, right. oh, my God, how can you? You know what I mean? Like, right. where, where's your where's your character, man? Where's your you know, where where's your. Your, your well, moral and I think this goes down to the story of, of, of like, let's take that for example, because you were there. Um, and you can share as much about what your role was in the fight against ISIS. But I remember you and I talking like two, three years ago when we first met. And you're saying, listen, it's like, I've been there. I led these forces over here. It's like, ISIS ain't shit. We could, we could t take them out with 50 dudes. It's that easy. But the way it was being talked about, you know, over here was that ISIS was an existential threat to the United States and to all liberty and justice everywhere. Now, I understand, like, the rhetoric. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a bit of an exaggeration. But there was so much that we didn't know. Because why? We're not on the ground. Citizens are right. on the ground. You're on the ground. So you have that lens of, of saying, man, you know, what the way it was so jarring in my mind, right? Because as a citizen and following the story and, you know, reading more about what's going on and, uh, you know, like the Kurds, and that whole situation up there, um, what I was thinking about was uh, them getting just kind of like, oh, well, everybody's out and they're just being left, you know, to the Turks. You know, that was kind of like the simplistic way of looking. It's like, that's kind of fucked up. 
Like they've been our best fighting force, apparently, in conjunction with special operations against ISIS. And Trump's like, okay, we're all we're just going to pull them all out, and the Kurds can stick, you know, can do whatever they need to do. Um, like those were the these like soundbite bits and chunks. I thought, please tell me that's literally not what's happening. That we're not really just is that what we're, you know like so it just brought so many questions in my mind. Uh, do I think we need to leave troops over there? No, I think we need to get out. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, what, what, what did get we wrong on our side? First of all, let me just say this. Yeah, let me just say this. That what I am about to say. Does not represent the army. Paul <laughs> yeah. And it is not representative of any position in an official capacity yeah. of the United States Army, the Department of Defense, or the United States government. This is just me talking. Yeah. Okay? And here's what I would tell you. The Kurds were one of our most viable tactical partners in the region, hmm. bar none. They were professional. They were disciplined. They were effective. However... They were a tactical partner. The Turks, as distasteful as their policies and practices might have seemed, were a strategic partner Mm. on a level that the Kurds could never hope to achieve and would never achieve because, P.S., the Kurds are not a nation state. They're an ethnicity of people in a region, right? So anybody who ever thought that at some point the Kurds weren't going to get hosed, was a fool. We would never supplant a strategic partner on the magnitude of Turkey who has a GDP that is equal to our combined foreign aid around the globe. Which I'm, what, And what I mean by that is if we gave every nickel of our foreign aid to the Kurds, it would not equate to the Turkish GDP. They are a land bridge between Europe and Asia, They are one of the largest contributors to NATO, and we are not going to turn our back on a strategic partner with whom we have an allegiance for a regional tactical partner, despite how capable they might be. Yeah. And and guess who knew this better than anybody? The Kurds. Yeah. I sat with the guy who was in charge of the Kurds almost daily, and I can tell you that he was hedging his bets because he knew exactly what was probably coming. Yeah. No. So, yeah. I mean, anybody, yeah. So, did it sound like really, how could we do this? They've done so much for us. Yeah, they yeah. did. Sure. But they had an interest too. Their interest was establishing a autonomous Kurdish region, which they referred to as Rojava, in all of northern Syria. And you have to appreciate, again, the Turks hate the Kurds more than they hate ISIS, and the Kurds hate the Turks more than they hate ISIS. Right. right. That is always going to be yeah. a thing. Right. So if you had any illusions about what any either one of them were doing, so we were working with the Turks, we were working with the Kurds, and everybody was, you know, we were getting them to fight ISIS, and they were playing along, just hedging their bets and doing everything they could to push the envelope to do what they really wanted to do, which was fight each other, Mm. And in the case of the Kurds, establish Rojava, and in the case of the Turks, make sure that Rojava wasn't established. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. Again, no, no, I think it's a very. Opinion, yeah. You know, I don't know anything. I only lived nine miles from ISIS front line. What the hell do I know? You know, but. Yeah. If you had been like 
8.6 miles, then maybe I'd take you serious. But nine miles, come on. That's incredibility. At eight miles, at 8.6 is where credibility eats yeah, in. Definitely. That, you were outside well the bounds of credibility on this. Yeah, you might as well be in a, in a lazy boy in your living room. Pretty at that much. Point. Pretty much. Well, yeah. so I think it's really important that you said all that because this is, you know, what. Oh, man. This. Okay. Let me see it. Try to unpack this a little bit here. Um, what plays on and plays well for the information ecosystem are the emotional stories. Mm-hmm. Fear is the biggest one, which is what we see constantly, right? That's a great way to get your attention. Uh, as you were saying that, uh, I can't remember. Uh, I think it was, in our, it was in the episode we did on, on uh, microaggressions. I was listening to that the other day. And yes, I confess, I was listening to our own show. You know, because it's a topic. We've got to redo some of that topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little outdated. But but there's some really good stuff. It takes about 42 minutes to get into the good stuff. And we're just bullshitting the whole way through. But the uh, uh, you were talking about um, uh, Christine watching the evening news. And she likes to watch it to the end to where they have that, that good story, the heartfelt story, right? So that's a motivator as well. It's like, hey, here's the good news story. Here's the thing to be excited about. So when it came, when it comes to like Trump is such a jarring figure who tweets things out again, it's chum in the water to create outrage. Uh, you know, just to, it's it's perfect for garnering attention. The way that the story was was presented, some as somebody who wasn't there, we'll use this example because we're talking about it. Uh, I'm watching. I, I enjoyed watching documentaries on the history of this group or things that were going on over there and the work they were doing special operations. And you start to see the human side of these folks. And just like with soldier, I mean, you, you, it taps into the emotional human experience. What you just described is the very, like, raw truth, the pragmatic, hey, look, this is why we're here. This is the long game. This is, we would never do, we would never sacrifice a strategic partner for a short-term tactical partner in the fight against ISIS. It's never going to happen because of the economic implications which ultimately is what we are all over the world for right now and have over 800 bases across the world is for economic policy. That's what it is. Uh, But that doesn't really sell. That's too, you know, like Mm. matter of fact. What sells is uh, we are leaving the Turks high or we're leaving the Kurds high and dry. And what you were just saying was, hey, these Kurds weren't left. I mean, you know, if you're just looking at it on paper, yes, you could say that. But that's happened many times throughout history with this group of people. They have been left high and dry multiple occasions by allies that were short-term partners. Uh, They are not idiots. They know what they were getting into. They saw you as a short-term tactical partner as well to beef up their ability to fight, to ideally give them more ground in establishing their state. And uh, they probably never had any expectation that you would stick around and fight against Turkey because they know better. So I think that brings about a real a real sharp picture for us to say when you are watching the news, reading something, understanding that this is intentionally being given to you to pull on your heartstrings in one way or another, that could be to make you angry, make you stressed, or it could be to make you more empathetic. Um, And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but if you try to go on that alone and make a rational argument, you can't. It's an emotional argument. And that's the difference. So you have to have both. 
So I think what you just shared about your experience as a, as a citizen, Paul Tulin, not as a you know government yes, employee, very important. it is yeah, extremely important. Yeah. And I know that sounds funny, but it's like no, you have you were, you were required to say that. Paul, and I can yes, I can vouch the fact opinion. that Paul Tulin is also not in uniform as we were having this conversation because that would that's be right. a violation. So right. you know, uh, the fact is that is such an important thing for people to hear. Not so much about the situation over in Syria, but about to be able to create this. You know, hey, there's two ways to look at information. You have to realize that what you're well, probably reading is emotional, but what's really happening is more rational. Find that middle ground and understand it. Hold on, Paul, you're yeah. frozen. You there? You're probably saying something amazing right now, and I can't even hear you. Oh, wait, here we go. How about right. now? Now you're back. Now you're back. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's funny, you know, the whole podcast community is just full of shit, right? Because they're all like pretending like this, you know, they're in the studio and this. We're all just in our kids' playroom. We're oh, all yeah. Just in the bonus room on some half ass setup that doesn't work most of the time. Yeah. You know, if anybody listens, the only reason that people listen because everybody shits like this, right? That's right. Um, so, here, so here's the thing, right? So, first of all, what you're describing um, is how policy is supposed to be made. You need mm -hmm. to be able to look at policy dispassionately. You're supposed to be able to look at, that's that's strategic, that's thinking on a strategic level, right? right? But that is no different than forming opinions about the reality of COVID because you're watching one story about a nurse who had, you know, who was, who was crying because she was overworked. And that's, uh, I'm gonna yeah. get railroaded, I'm sure, because I, you know, how could I be so insensitive? My, my point is this, anything that you see that's a single point of data in a in an incredibly complex situation, that can't be the thing you use to form your opinion. Right. That's a bad way to go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's the same thing, you know, every night, um, you know, if I see something, I'm like, well, that's just one person. Right. That's one person's experience. Exactly. That is not necessarily indicative of the overall situation. Can you please describe to me some pieces of information that might help me to understand the larger picture in a more rational way yeah. instead of this, you know, again, like I don't think a night goes by where I don't see somebody in tears on TV. And well, I've told you this before, and I might have probably, you know, it's the mailbox example, right? I love this example. You think it's a crappy example, but I love it. I don't know if I've heard this example. So yeah, you have. Don't formulate your opinion on my opinion about this example. <laughs> I need so, to confirm I've so heard this example. If I showed you every night on the news, I showed you a person smashing a, a lunatic, smashing a mailbox, going down the street, smashing mailboxes. It's right? federal offense. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I showed you that every night for a year, a year. You would definitely come to the conclusion. I probably wouldn't even have to show you for a year. I could just do it for a, a month or a week. Yeah. But let's say I showed you for a year straight. You would definitely come to the conclusion that there is an epidemic of mailbox smashing lunatics. Yeah. Like it has become such a huge problem. But then if you step back, I'd be like, that's 365 people that I showed you out of 350 million. And never mind how many mailboxes. Yeah. You mean like it's not rational step back and rationally look at the reality of that situation. And all I've shown you is a very, 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 very minute problem that would be hard for you to go out and even find. Yeah. It'd be hard to, to, to go out and find that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, so I like that example. That whole, yeah, like it's the it. whole really maybe I have.
I've never heard it before. Yeah, but I do like it. So I would like to confirm. It's uh, somebody else did. Yeah. Yeah, you need better internet connection. What you really should do here, Paul, is get AT&T. I think they can help you out with your shit internet connection right now. Oh, God. Oh, man. Is it really going to crap? No, you're good now. Yeah, it popped right back on time oh, for you yeah. to uh, to laugh at that. So that was good. Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's the universe telling us that that we're we're no, but I think we're, that no, we're, so we're this it's a great example, and it goes back to what we talked about with Jamie Mustard about Portland and so many other issues. Is what what is being amplified in your feed in your stream? What you're being shown is not a is not a real representation of what is going on in mass. It's just not. You know, it is a, but, but this is where the danger is. It makes you think that it is. So, uh, I watched some, Ugh. some footage of, of, um, of folks at the, uh, the stop the steal rally for Trump in, in DC and they were chanting, mm. um, were they chanting something to the effect of, of, uh, oh God, what was it? It was basically about uh, no Antifa, you know? So mm-hmm. it was based on this mm-hmm. this huge narrative like Biden's going to bring in Antifa. And a lot of it's because uh, Portland has done such a <laughs> shitty job, and so has Seattle, of shutting these clowns down because Antifa are a bunch of clowns. They're a bunch of spoiled babies. They're not fighting for anybody's justice. They're just attention seekers. They're just as bad as Trump is on this. But this is what, you know— was they were led to believe. But if we're watching what's going on in Portland and the media is highlighting this, and it was such a great— a place to create spin, like all oh, these peaceful protesters are getting uh, are getting shot with tear gas by uh, Trump's Gestapo federal soldiers, and you come to find it's like actually the peaceful protests had stopped, and then the rioters come out like clockwork at a certain time of night, and that's what you're catching video of, and then the media takes that and runs with it one way, which is like look at Trump, he is cracking down on peaceful protesters, and then the pro-Trump side of things are look at this uh, lack of law and order. And you're like, none of this is actually true. We, you know, these are data points that create that emotional reaction. And so we have to remember that the vast majority of people out there, and you can even see this in the data, the vast majority of people are neither registered Republicans or registered Democrats. They're independent. What does that tell you? Mm. Mm. What does that tell you? It tells you that a two-party system in a country this large is stupid, for one, but it also tells you that the vast majority of people don't buy into either of these bullshit narratives. So this is a call to action to think critically, to recognize that there that every story is going to capture your attention through an emotional trigger. But if you're serious about understanding what's going on, you have to think more rationally and say, well, what is the big picture? Like you were describing about uh, the situation in Syria. Like, I'm really impressed that you did that, Paul. I used to think that you were, you know, missing so many brain cells, but God, I'm really impressed with how. Like, this... <laughs> but I think oh, yeah. it's, a, no, I think I it's excellent. I, I blacked out when I told that story. You got to yeah. go back and replay that. I don't know what I said. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's bits and pieces because your internet connection was chopping up, but we're gonna go with it anyway. So no, no, we caught that whole thing with no internet interruptions. So that was a good one. But yeah, so I, I really do think this is good. The mailbox example is excellent, but for people that are listening, do not buy into the first thing that you see i mean how would you put this in a more simplistic way paul you know like simplifying that i'll tell you what i tell you know so uh uh we had an incident my so my son uh went 
and um, he did. They they had a cross country meet uh, this past week, and a young girl on the team um, had a heart incident. She oh, collapsed, wow. and they were yeah. She's okay. She's oh, okay. Good. Okay. Um, but he came home and he was a wreck. Hmm. And uh, and I is said to him, I said, "Hey, man, uh, no, my oldest." Okay. Part. So yeah, so they had, and it was like there was like I don't know, it was like six kids that could only go, and all this kind yeah. of stuff. You know, it was really limited. But anyway, um, and so and so she had she had she had a cardiac episode. I mean, they were like she had to have chest compressions. They oh, had to. I don't God. know if they medevaced or what. Anyway, she's and she's doing really well. Um, but Paul came home and he was really distraught. And I said, "Hey, man," I said, "Listen," I said, "If I can tell you one thing." After years of doing what I've been doing, the first report is always wrong. Hmm. Give it a minute. Just give it a minute and wait until you get more information. You know, don't make any wild assumptions based on some small bit of something that you saw. The first report is always wrong. So wow. don't react to it. That's good. You know? I like yeah. that. And 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 uh and yeah, I mean that that's been my experience, man. It's always like, you know, and sometimes you get burned by that. I remember when the Boston bombing, the Boston Marathon mm-hmm. bombing was happening. We had the TV on and the S3 shop down at 3rd Special Forces Group. And I was like, nah, no, 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 no. It's not a bombing. Everybody take a breath. I mean, you know, and sometimes you're wrong, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But I, I, you're always warranted. Um, I would say 95% of the time, the first report is wrong. It's always good to take a breath, take a step back, gather more information, and then see, you know, and then see where you're at. When you can get some real information, get some validated information, um, you know, you got a few texts from, you know, from the coach, and and yeah. then you know the next day they they got they all FaceTime with her, and they got real, you know what I mean? So they yeah. they had real information. I'm like, okay, there you go. Now you're getting the picture. You know, yeah. it takes a little bit of time. Doesn't matter that in the information age, things can come flying at you in the blink of an eye. It's always, you know, you always got to you always got to pause. I think that's excellent. How's that better wisdom? That was really yep, good. You, go. I, you know, I have to say, going back to something that was said in the beginning of this episode, and that is, uh, you know, that two hey, people who voted. Sucks. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's just kind of the theme. That should really be the name of this <laughs> this episode. But it was the, uh, uh, you were saying the fact that two people could vote in different ways and still have, you know, respect for each other. And I said that's a low bar. Well, I have to say, man, in this episode and in front of our listening audience, my respect and admiration for you has has gone up a little bit, a lot of bit, and uh, this is a really special moment for us. Would you say four percent? Would you say as much as four? Would you say as much as four percent? Uh, Think about would that. I say as much as four percent? Well, I tell you what, I don't want to tell you as much as four percent because the first report is always wrong. You're gonna to have to let me marinate it on a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Think about it. Oh, you think about that. Yeah. So check this out. Think about it. Think about. Again, not going into the details because it is. Um, it is. Uh, an, it, it, it's an event that's that's covered by a non-disclosure agreement. Mm-hmm. But Jared and I worked on a, on a nonprofit event this past weekend, two weekends ago. It was the Saturday after the election. Yeah, we nobody was thinking about that at all. We weren't. It wasn't even on our radar. You know what I mean? Except for don't like, talk to to people about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah, yeah. Except I told everybody to keep their mouth shut. No, but seriously, like it would it didn't matter because right. who. And, and we knew at that moment, we knew at that moment exactly who each other had voted for because we had talked about it. Yeah. It didn't matter because no, no. we were doing important stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're doing, you know, so, yeah, even in the heat of the moment, it's like, no, nah, not really. You, you know, it's 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 over yeah. and done with. And now let's now let's see. Now what? Well, and it you goes, know? yeah, it goes to the to a point you've been making. And that is, is that most people are like us. They don't really care that much. And I and when I said they do care, they care enough to go vote, which I think is good. So it's, it's again, it's like the. Maybe it falls into this realm of strategic and tactical. 
right? Is that, yeah, maybe. you know, maybe, I mean, we, we don't care enough to, to say like my whole life depends on it. Um, but we care enough to say, I gotta clean that thought up. I got to clean that thought up. Cause I, I say that a lot and I get busted on that a lot. What the strategic I say, yeah, and tactical? Oh, people don't give a shit. No, no. When I say, yeah, people don't give a shit. I, I just got to clean that thought up. Cause I know it's there. I know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I know I don't articulate it very well. But what I'm saying, I, I, I just got to think about it. That's yeah. that's a thing that that needs a little that needs a little work. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I have faith that you will find a great way to, to clean that up for sure. But but there are there's you know in in the short term. So if we take the other you know this analogy you know the and the, the trying to draw an analogy to your experience in Syria, and with the Kurds and what you shared with us here, uh, I think a lot of people went out to vote because of the short term tactical. Uh, response, which was for me, for example, is like, I'm just tired of this jackass, you know? And for a lot of it too, is that I just, I think he's a terrible human being. Now, you know, it, it, and I only say that because like he's in a leadership position who has no loyalty to anybody. And, uh, and I just, yeah, I just have no respect for him. I can't respect somebody like that. Did it mean, be, you know, did, am I excited about Joe Biden? Not in the slightest, not even close. But to me, it's like, this is a short-term strategical move. Um, the long term, my hope is that uh, this many people getting involved in public discourse, re- regardless of how insane it's been, my hope is that uh, this will continue on, but in a more uh, rational way, if you will, and less emotional, and that we have a public that is more, uh, we have an electorate that is more involved with the direction of our country. Because we haven't been for so long, and this this was the event to get everybody off of their asses uh, and to to get active. So, yeah, maybe maybe well, that's the and silver I, and lining. I would say, and for me, it wasn't that I had to go out and vote against uh, against Biden so much. It's that it's I have a moral obligation to vote, so I wanted to make a rational decision that I could yeah. and vote that way. Um, so we each have you know slightly different motivations, but I would tell you that the thing that I hope that we can get, we can reverse, because I think there's a trend. We can talk about this, you know, in another episode. Um, I think the trend that we are finding ourselves in is that, and I'm stealing this from somebody, um, is that politics have become like professional sports, professional sports in so much as it's about who wins. Mm-hmm. And people forget that politics is about governing. It's yeah. not about winning. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that's something that needs to, you know, hopefully with more involvement and more thought, people will start to realize, you know, well, maybe I don't know. That might be a little idealistic to think that people will get past this idea of just, you know, my side wins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to take more critical thinking, uh, less um, fire hosing it from the from the media, you know, which, again, you have control over. You can turn that off. Um, but that requires discipline and let's just face it, humans by nature, we're going to look for the easiest, you know, the easiest path ahead. So if you've done all the thinking for me, you can tell me, here's how I should think about it. You know, I'll just, I'll go with that. Right. Like that's, that's our natural human inclination. Uh, I can be more critical, a, a better critical thinker when it comes to media, understanding biases and narratives and whatnot in these different worldviews that are being, uh, you know, that are coming across the radio. I know where they're coming from, so I immediately can say, "Yeah, yeah, I get this." But I want to know more. I want to get a bigger picture. But in other areas, I'm I'm very happy to just have somebody do the the work for me, so I can say, "Great, I'll go <laughs> yes. with that." You know, I mean, think about it, right? Uh, 
So that's just a very human thing, and we have to be selective about that. But um, so yeah. speaking of speaking of uh, speaking of having things, what's your plans for uh, Thanksgiving? Well, um, yeah, we, just... we traditionally go to my in-laws in Florida. We're uh-huh. not going to do that this year. Yeah. Um, one because you know they're they're at risk for sure, uh-huh. older. Um, and also because there'd be nothing to do down there. Everything would be kind of closed. So we don't want to just sit around there. I thought Florida was wide days. open. I thought they well, just were like, yeah, we don't know. Care. Maybe they might be. I, I don't know. know. I, I don't know. Yeah. We, we just don't know. And, we, and mostly it's, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to, exp- we don't want to go down and right, interact yeah. with my in-laws, you know, in close proximity for yeah, no reason. Makes... We saw them recently. Yeah. They stayed at a hotel. No, they I were think that's smart. Visit. I think it's smart. Yeah, so traditionally we do that, but this year we're going to just go out to the to the beach house, the new beach house, Ooh. and um, and uh, we got reservations at an Italian restaurant. Oh. So we're going to have uh, traditional Thanksgiving pasta, and because uh, the only it. person who gives a shit about a, a turkey dinner is me, and I did that like two weeks ago. I made a full on turkey dinner, so now I've had it and I'm happy. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to do some. What are you guys going to do? Oh man, well, so you know, my wife's pretty much a vegan. You know, uh, she, she eats eggs and fish, so I guess any vegan out there would be like, ah, oh, she's not a vegan. But she just doesn't, you know, have dairy doesn't or she, meat. Doesn't she enjoy um, a kale and quinoa recipe that you never fucking gave me? Oh, Remember I thought we sent it to you. Oh, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. boy. There you, I, go. you know what? I may have just. Now I may have, just one more civilian who didn't do what he said he was going to do. I know. I suck. I've been in the civilian world way too long and <laughs> I've, uh, I've bought into its narrative. Yeah, you know, I thought she. I, this is me outsourcing something to her and uh, it's my fault. I should have. Uh, so I'm going to make a note here mentally. See, this so is where things are. Yeah, she's actually getting one be from a, Trader it, Joe's. So Trader Joe's has this turkey. Yeah, they have this tofurkey. It's actually really good. If you don't overcook it, it's, it's tasty. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, I it's bet tasty. nowadays it is. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's not bad at all. So what we're going to do is uh, um, we're going to get a tofurkey. I'm going to put it in the backyard, and then I'm going to uh, shoot it with <laughs> that new run. AR-15. I've got some. I've got limited ammunition because you can't find it. So get that two two three ammo. I'm going to blast that turkey loaf, <laughs> and then we're going to go out and collect it as a family. We're going to clean it. And, uh, yeah, no. So that's what we're really doing there. I'll tell you, yeah, we're going to clean it up. We're going to, you know, we're going to use every part of it. It's going to be a very, uh, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a very spiritual experience for all of us. But in all reality, uh, we'll have, have dinner with my family. I'll, I'll be honest, man. Um, I do not like Thanksgiving dinners. I think the food is shit, even though it's good. It's like, but I don't ever think, oh man, I'm just going to go to town here. Really? Even though, I mean, don't like, let me, let me take that back. I think the selection is shit. But, I mean, the food is always good. My wife's an amazing cook. Uh, my mom's a, a great cook. But it's just not my favorite food. Like mashed potatoes, gravy. I mean, I always just feel, ugh. It's just, I don't get excited about it. I could get more excited about a pasta, Thanksgiving pasta dinner. I would. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we're going yeah. we're, we're to have a, a guest the day before Thanksgiving anyway. So we'll, we'll still have another pre-Thanksgiving episode now that I think about it. I'm going to talk to Jake yeah. uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Which, by the way, will be... I, it right. I can't. I'm like I'm. I'm. It's like I'm. I feel like I am consorting with prostitutes mm. because I'm all excited about the fact that I'm going to be at the beach doing this episode on fiber with those sons of bitches from AT and C. Yeah, you are allegedly <laughs> going to be doing this on fiber. It right. still hasn't been installed, has it? No, no, no. It's good. Christine texted me. She said it's good. I'm on my way home. So yeah. So oh. it's all good. Oh, God, man. Yeah. Yeah, what that's, that's going to be a right, fun well, episode with Jake. 
Yeah, that so yeah, yeah, so yeah. folks listening to this, you're gonna enjoy that with Jake Green. He is a character, man. That guy's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh silver linings out of this whole I, I, I kind of alluded to my silver lining, but what's your silver lining out of this whole election situation, this whole place where we're at right now? So the silver lining is that the reality that the people I care about who voted for Biden, there was no change in the way that I feel about them or the way they feel about me or the way that we interact together or the things we would do for one another or, or our loyalty, none of that. And the other silver lining is, oh, well, let's see what he's got. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that he says that I'm like, oh, great. You're against fracking. Thank God. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to look at the climate again. Thank These are incredibly yeah. complex, difficult problems. But uh, I'm okay with you at least saying you're going to try and do something about it. Yeah. I'm not optimistic that they'll do shit because they're politicians and that's the way the system works. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like, all right, well, let's see what you got. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. Um, yeah. For me, I, so I, I agree with all that. I think th- those things are all really, really good. Um, I'll keep my fingers crossed that, uh, um, that he doesn't start sending troops back to Afghanistan, like certain, I just, I'm really, that is just like you, that was your issue. You voted and why you voted for Trump. That is something I'm concerned about too. Um, yeah. I really hope yeah. that he says, you know, well, we've already come this far. Fuck it. Let's just keep pulling people back. Uh, that's, that's my hope. Uh, but the silver lining in this is the, um, is that I hope this massive turnout has got people, uh, interested and involved enough to where they continue staying hopefully they'll become more informed but just we we've had such a lazy electorate for so many years and and not anymore they're politically active now. how much of the electorate turned out that's a great question mm-hmm. right let's, let's I'm, say, right here, I'm thinking i'm like huh what is the I actual wonder, number is it actually a much bigger turnout or is it about average let's see here you know? let's see here let's see i'm because gonna look yeah you, you do that research real quick, because here's what I'll say. When people talk about how divided we are, how polarized we are, I'm like, well, look at the elections for the last 50 years. Uh-huh. Guess what? They have all landed approximately right down the middle, about 48% to 48% roughly. Except I think I told you with like the Nixon administration where there was a, a 60-30 split. Okay, here you we know? go. All right, here. Oh, and you got, you got? a comparison here. Um all right, so so since they're still they haven't totally they haven't certified all the votes yet, so we'll know the exact. Mm. But here's the projections. Uh, Twenty sixteen, it was sixty point one percent of the voting population turnout. Mm-hmm. Twenty twenty, so far it's been sixty five point three, but it's projected to be sixty six point eight. So the the largest on record was in nineteen oh eight, with sixty five point seven percent of the voting population turning out. So we're probably going to pass that uh, if these projections are right. So by what three percent? Well, that's on 3%. that's that's passing nineteen oh eight. Both you and I were, you know, we were but 3%. we were but a dream in our in our father's. Uh, well, but think about better. that though. Mm-hmm. There's this massive turnout, really? Yeah, Not yeah, really? yeah. It's about the same. Well, but then we'd have to get down and say, okay, well, well, well how big is the population compared to where it was before? So three percent of of the voting population. How big is the voting population? Three percent. That's a pretty good number. Sure, it's a lot of people, but it's yeah. a proportional. Sure, sure, but it's still three percent more. Yeah, I'll yeah. give you it's more. It's more. We'll go with more. 
I like more. All right. That's a good one. <laughs> awesome, man. All right, man. Well, we've prattled on, I think, for some time. I'm yep. sure we're all alone now. No, no, no. If you are one of the few people who has stayed to the end of this conversation, I would like to officially announce this excellent prize that you are now uh, you are now privy to. Uh, you will have to contact Paul Tulin directly. Uh, but this is for a one-week Wilmington getaway in his new <laughs> Wilmington Beach condo. Which let's be let's be let's right. be clear. It's not actually on the beach. Best pen. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. Best pandemic ever at gmail.com, right? That's where you go. The lottery. Yeah, I've got to go and look and oh, see what that, uh, yeah, I've got to take a look and see where this what our actual email is that we have set up. You know, since we own the domain for the best pandemic ever, uh, we still haven't set that that up, yeah. Yeah, we're we're behind the eight ball. No, we gotta yeah, we gotta start we gotta start promoting yeah, 2021, that. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one, we're gonna we're gonna really All right. ramp this thing up. Sure, yeah. But if you're one of the lucky right. listeners, do reach out to Paul Tulin on LinkedIn at Paul Tulin or come find us at the Best Pandemic Ever Podcast on LinkedIn and reference this uh, this episode and this promise and you will have won yourself an entire week's stay with the Tulin family at the Beach Getaway in Wilmington, North Carolina. <laughs> And with that, I believe we can call this episode a wrap. Always good, man. See ya.